Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. Autism is widely misunderstood, and in her book, Dristen, It's Okay, Ivory Sims offers us some insight. Ivory's with us here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Ivory, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. I truly appreciate your time. Dristen, It's Okay, it's a highly personal book for you, right? Yes, very personal. Um, I had my son at the age of 23. I've heard of autism before I had my son, but I've never experienced or really understood it. But yeah, at 23, I had my son. Everything was going great, and I noticed some things weren't the way they're supposed to be um, regarding his de- developmental you know, progress and stuff. But the first thing I noticed was at 10 months, he didn't want to hold the bottle for himself. And then there was a whole crawling situation. He didn't want to do it. I thought it's just that he didn't want to at first, actually. Let me correct myself. It's just that he couldn't under- he couldn't grasp crawling. And then he turned one. I noticed all he said was mama a little bit every once in a while. I talked to the doctors and he had a hearing test before he went to school at the age of two. Found out he's he's hearing very well. They gave me the uh, diagnosis of autism, possibly. And so he started uh, early steps. They helped him verbally and he started talking a little bit more. But after early steps, he started school early at St. Rose Elementary. He's been growing ever since. He's more verbal now. He's, you know, he's a little bit behind, but he's grasping and growing every day. It's just a miracle. Wow. So what inspired you to write his story and to write about autism and to put it to print? Because I know there's mothers out there just like me. When I found out that I was pregnant and I got the diagnosis for my son, I faulted myself. I cried for a very long time. I was wondering, what did I do wrong? Did I cause this? And to find out that it's not my fault and, you know, everything's going to be okay for you and your child, I figured other parents that's dealing with the same situation, they need to get that security, you know, that, that a little bit of peace of serenity for themselves, you know, that it's going to be okay. And also for them to show their children, it's going to be okay. We might, you know, stumble through your path, but, you know, you can get through this. So have you written a book or have you been published before? No, this was my first published book. Oh, congratulations. I, thank you. I'm, I'm still in awe till this day. I know I've, it's been published for a few months. But I'm still in awe. I, you know, this is my baby. This is my first thing I've done for myself and also for my son. Is there any advice that you would offer to potential writers, people that want to write, they want to publish a book? Do you have any words of wisdom that you've picked up here along the whole journey? Just like in life, patience is key. This is your baby. You know, no matter how long it took or how long it's going to take for the finishing process, patience is key. Don't give up. 
And with an autistic child, I can assume that patience is something that you've developed quite strongly over the years. <laughs> yes, that and the meaning of unconditional love. In a relationship we have with your, your husband or your wife, it's the same thing for your child. And I've learned deeply what unconditional love means with my child. You want that for some, from someone else. So you have to learn it to give it to someone else. You know, they deserve it too. And especially for my for an autistic child because they don't understand things like we do. And you can't fault them for their um, lash outs and other things that they do that you're not understanding. But, you know, later on in, in the process of raising them, you understand. But unconditional love is what I've learned. Again, the book is Dristin, It's Okay by Ivory Sims. This is published through Fulton Books, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and Google Play. Ivory, it's been a pleasure talking with you today, learning about the book and a little more about autism and Dristin. Thank you so much for talking with us today. And thank you, and I hope you guys have a wonderful evening. And yes, go for it, Dristin, it's okay. As a father, I love reading to my children, and I especially appreciate books that I can get something out of, too. And today I'm speaking with author David Lawton. He's just written Wilda's Missing Broom, available through Christian Faith Publishing. Now, this is a children's book, and, and David, first of all, thank you for taking time to talk with me about your book today. Oh, you're very welcome particularly interested me and in that I've heard that this is something that adults and children will be able to enjoy alike, although it's primarily a, a children's book. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, it was designed to uh, for that age level, uh, although I think adults, as I indicated on the book, can enjoy it as well. So tell me what Wilda's Missing Broom is all about. Well, uh, was sitting at the computer there one day, and all of a sudden this witch thing popped into my head, you know, and I said, you know, we have witches' stories of every kind, I guess, and I said, well, why not just put a different twist on a, a witch's story and, and lay it out in such a way as to make it an interesting uh, story and uh, that uh, the outcome would be uh, usually uh, unexpected. Wow, so have you written prior to this? No, I haven't. I never really pictured myself as a writer when I was younger. As I, I got into the music field, I, I was mostly uh, that kind of dating. And I had someone uh, in college, uh, a lady friend of mine, I don't know, maybe she saw something in me that I didn't see. And sometimes other people will see things in other people that you don't see. And she told me, she said, David, she said, you ever think about becoming a writer? And I said, no, really. I never even had that much of an inclination at that time. Hmm. And and that was it. And then I thought of that, well, maybe there's some hidden potential there. We're not always aware sometimes of the potential that we have down deep, you know, because of all kinds of things that happen to us emotionally. And so I thought, well, uh, yeah, why not give it a shot? Go ahead, you know, do it. So I started. I started imagining these things by uh, uh, one one came into another and the other and the other, you know, and uh, <laughs> I thought, well, let's make it, try to make it as interesting as possible and, and use as much imagination as you can and be original. That's my whole focus, to be as original uh, as much as you can. And at the same time, 
don't lose your goal. Your focus. Keep your focus on the goal that you want to achieve at the end of the story. Was there anything you learned along the way? Are there any tips, any words of wisdom that you've learned in this journey? Try to be as yourself. First of all, examine yourself and say, try to be as original as you can and entertaining. Entertaining. That's really where, where you want to keep, keep the interest going by one lead to another lead to another lead. So it keeps building all the time so that the readers... Uh, is not distracted. Say, well, so what? Now we, we we know about this. We know about that. You know. So where is the author going? And to make a point at the end of the story that that you can learn from. You say, ah, I see. Oh, oh, wow. This I didn't expect. Achieve the unexpected. Wilda's Missing Broom sounds like a lot of fun for young and old alike. This is available via Christian Faith Publishing on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and iTunes. Wilda's Missing Broom, David Lawton, thank you so much for joining us on the show tonight. Well, you're most welcome, Corey. With me next here on the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Glenisha McIntosh. Her new book is GM Sunshine Devotionals, Devotions for a Purposeful Walk. Glenisha, thank you so much for joining us tonight at the Roundtable. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, could you tell us about GM Sunshine Devotionals? Well, GM Sunshine Devotionals is a series of devotionals, and Devotions for a Purposeful Walk is the first book of that series. So, it takes you on a very intimate spiritual journey of seeking after God and finding everything we need for our everyday life and the enhancement of each other. It's really broken up into three sections. The first section focuses on identifying and acknowledging the issues of our heart, um, the issues of life, actually, that flows out of our heart. The second section takes you through a personal tabernacle experience, leading you into an intimate and rewarding encounter with God. And finally, the third section coaches you as you're walking into the purpose and will that God has for your life. The great thing that I love about the book is that it's broken up into individual topics. So after this journey experience, because it's like a 52-week devotional, it then becomes as a timeless resource for countless experiences throughout life where you can go directly to the devotional that you may need at any given time. Sounds like a wonderful resource. So what inspired you to begin work on this book? A number of things. Having a heart for God and just a passion for the Word, number one, is really my inspiration. But I couldn't have done it without the added inspiration and support and motivation of my husband and close friends and family who were really excited about this work and seriously believed in me and what I was doing and um, really looked forward to the finished product. That's inspiration that kept me pushing all the way through. It sounds like you really have a heart for helping others, and that's what you're doing. Definitely, definitely. Oh, fantastic. What advice do you think you could offer up-and-coming writers, people who are looking to publish their work? Every person has a story and an experience that needs to be told, and I think that what is important as a writer is to not stop until you reach the finish line. Everyone can start something, but it's important for to have persistence, and it really takes that commitment. You know, there's a saying that says, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything, and it's really just the same as if you're not committed, then you're constantly shifting. But purpose is determination, it's direction, it's mission. I mean, I'm being interviewed by the Mission Radio 
video. And I think that's very significant. So I'd encourage anyone else to just pick a side, you know, and pick a side of purpose. As Ecclesiastes chapter 9 says, the race is not for the swift. So just stay committed and stay the course. When you continue to, in, in the path of purpose, you really real come to realize that purpose is not just something that you find and hold on to, but it's really a process of daily direction, which is a lifelong journey. Is there a specific group that you had in mind when you were writing this that would particularly benefit from your book? Really, it can be young, old, Christian, non-Christian. It's really for anyone who seeks their purpose in life. And that's something that a lot of people have been struggling to find. And I found that in life, you're either seeking purpose or you're content with not having it. It's not just, oh, I found it and that's it. Life takes you through so many stages. Just as you get comfortable with one thing, here comes another level, another twist, another reveal. So this devotional isn't just a journey. It acts as a resource for many of life's cycles and experiences. And I think that can be shared across the board. Mm, It does sound like a lot of people could really use what you have to say in the book. Again, the title is GM Sunshine Devotionals, Devotions for a Purposeful Walk by Glenisha McIntosh. This is available through Christian Faith Publishing on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. Well, Glenisha, it was an absolute pleasure speaking with you today and getting to know your book. Thank you for your time. Thank you, I appreciate it. What would you do if faced with an invasion of your home planet? Well, that's the question that this next author addresses in her book, Nikita's Story, Part 1, Tenzinar. With me right now is author Gail Hansen. Gail, thank you for joining us on the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you. Absolutely. So can you tell us about Nikita's story? Well, Nikita's story is a five-part coming-of-age story of a young alien prince who's forced to deal with an alien invasion of his planet, falling in love with one of the invaders, even, and and then they're working together to bring two very different worlds to realize, well, first, that that Nikita and his people are there to find a way to have peace on, on their planet. Oh, so where'd you get the idea for this book? I don't know. It just kind of came to me ages ago. (laughs) Is this the first book you've written? Yes, it was the first book I've written. Um, I've written others since, but yes, this is the first book I I wrote. Did you learn anything along the way that maybe you could offer as advice to up-and-coming aspiring writers? Well, one thing is never give up. Uh, I started this idea uh, 40 years ago. Wow. So, yeah, I'm in my in my 60s, and the idea came to me in my late teens, and it grew when I got married and found my faith. Stick with it. Never, ever give up. Was there a specific age group that you were targeting with this? Because there's some premarital ideas of, of sex, I would say uh, eighth grade on up. You know, what you see nowadays in, in young people's books and things that they read, it's, it's in there. That would, be my, that would be my target group is 8th grade and up, mostly adult, I think. So how does it feel now knowing that your book is published, it's out there on shelves, people are buying it and reading it? How does that make you feel? <laughs> Odd. <laughs> um, I, I had... When I first held the the first uh, 
complimentary book in my hand. I looked at my husband and, and just, I said, it, it really happened. It finally happened. Well, well, congratulations. This sounds like a really interesting story. And I encourage everyone listening to go out and check this one out. Again, it's called Nikita's Story, Part 1, Tenzinar, by Gail Hansen. Available through Christian Faith Publishing on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. Well, Gail, it was a joy speaking with you tonight. Thank you for sitting down with us here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you. Right now on the Reader House Author Roundtable, I have with me David Cruz. He has a new book, The Genesis Project, The End of Times Trilogy. This is published by Fulton Books. I'm speaking with David right now. David, welcome to the Roundtable. Well, thank you, Corey. I, I really appreciate this opportunity. Look forward to talking with you and finding out more about The Genesis Project. Tell me about this book. The Genesis Project is about a Dead Sea excavation that uncovers artifacts. And because of the unusual nature of the find, the discovery is shipped off to an underground top-secret base in America. Two men go insane and one dies trying to test these strange artifacts. The program is almost shut down until a young scientist does a Hail Mary last-ditch DNA test. Because of the religious nature of the find and the DNA match, the men in black can script Chaplain Olin Masterson into their world of tunnels and secrets. The insanity of dragging a priest one week from retirement into the dark world of spy versus spy made little sense until the good father got access to the secret room and came face to face with the most incredible Old Testament artifacts one could imagine. You got me hooked here. I want to find out more. <laughs> it sounds really interesting. Where'd you get the idea for this? 13 years in the dark world of top secrets and... Uh, Life experiences, I guess. The person that most inspired me, beside God, was Eric Von Doniken and his book, Chariots of the Gods. Oh, excellent book. Yeah, I loved it. It was it was my—I I must have been 18 at the time, and when the book came out, it was an incredible draw for me. I loved everything about it. I loved the way he—incidents and facts that couldn't be really tied into science or, or anything else and, and gave a face to them. The only downside I had, and the reason that I wrote this book, was atheism kind of drove me to the point to where I wanted to tie religion and science fiction together. Very interesting. How long did it take you to write this book? I'm going to say it took about six months— the life experiences that went into it, probably five or six years all total. And is this your first published book? No, I, I wrote an autobiographical book, Crazy Dave the Elephant Cage Man. I wrote that two or three years ago. So what was the process like on this book? Was it different? Is there anything that you learned along the way? Oh, I learned a lot about writing memoirs and autobiographies. They're really something uh, to stay away from unless you... Well, if, if you don't want to alienate friends, relatives, and family, stay away from uh, <laughs> uh, memoirs. Uh. You can understand what I'm saying there. I mean, when you put the truth out there, the truth can be painful. Yeah, you got to be real careful about that. Was there a specific reader group that you were going for on this? That... Well, uh, my great hero of all times, George Nury, host of Coast to Coast, and God to those of us conspiracy theorists, he's number one on the list. I would think MUFON would be interested in it, the Mutual UFO Network. Aside from those heavyweights, I would think that anyone curious about what goes on in secret subterranean bases might want to take a peek. I'm definitely curious about that. Sounds, again, very intriguing. Uh, do you have any advice for up-and-coming authors, people that want to write and publish a book? 
Well, if they want to publish a novel, I would suggest staying away from outlines. Write. Sit down and write. Write good stuff. Write bad stuff. Just write and write and write. And worry about how it comes together later on. If you want to write technical technical books and books of that nature, then go with your outlines and all that other stuff. But I found that outlines just got in my creative way. They just stopped me from letting it flow. Again, this is published by Fulton Books, The Genesis Project, The End of Times Trilogy by David Cruz. David, thanks so much for your time today. It was great meeting you. Thank you so much again for your time today. Thank you, Corey. I really appreciate the opportunity. The weight of bearing emotional baggage can really take a toll on a person. And I have with me tonight author Dolapo Olushola Uwaifo. Dolapo, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Now, in your book, Lay Down Your Emotional Baggage, you talk about these things and how painful it can be, how exhausting it can be. So tell us about your book. Thank you so much. This book came from a place of just wanting to, you know, let go of a lot of things. Um, I found myself, you know, at a point in my life where I just wasn't really, really happy. You know, sometimes you could be happy and then there's a different level of really, really, really happy. And I found that I just wasn't really, really happy. And I had to take a step back and really look at my life and take an inventory to really figure out what was going on. And I realized that I was carrying a lot of emotional baggage from things that I had experienced, you know, as a little child, as a young adult growing up. I I came to a point where I realized that, you know, I, I forgave people, but not really. Like I would tell myself I had forgotten, but I had not really, really forgiven or forgotten about certain things. And I had to get to a place where I had to really go to God and ask him, how can I practically let go of this emotional baggage? I wanted some kind of guidance from the Lord on how to do this as a Christian. And so spending time with the Lord, I realized that there were several steps that I had to take. And the book basically goes over those steps that I discovered from my time with the Lord that, you know, I could take or anyone else could take to really get to the bottom of why we even have emotional baggage in the first place and how we can let go of them. All the way from, you know, just having that determination that you can actually let go of emotional baggage. Because sometimes a lot of people feel like we have to live with the emotional baggage that we carry, you know, over the course of our lives. So starting from just having that determination that you can do all things through Christ and letting go of emotional baggage is one of those things you can do with God. And all the way through, you know, really understanding the root of emotional baggage in our life, why we experience things that, you know, give us emotional baggage and how we can kind of forgive people or forgive ourselves for getting that emotional baggage into our lives and move on from there into a brighter, better future you know, that God has in plan for us. The book basically takes you through my journey on how I went through those steps in my own personal life and also takes the, the reader through their own journey and kind of helps to guide and give some biblical um guidance on how to go through those steps and how to implement them in their own lives so they too can be free um, of emotional baggage. Now, is this your first book? 
It is. It is my first book, and I'm hoping that I can work on many more. I I really love to write. Um, I've done a lot of, you know, short stories, poetry, but this is my first actual, you know, book to print. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, all my other stuff that I have written down to myself and stuff like that that I write for my own consumption, that I can get to, um, get those published as well as I have done with this first book, Lay Down Your Emotional Package. Thank you so much for being with us here tonight on the Reader House Author Roundtable. This book is available through Christian Faith Publishing on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. Delapo, thank you again. Thank you so much. It was so wonderful to spend this time with you. Motorcycle riding is enjoyed by many of us, but there are some out there who do take it to the next level. Right now here with me on the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Lewis Hale, and in his new book, Riding the Dirt Bike Evolution, he goes into the fine art of motorcycle racing. Lewis, thank you for joining us here tonight. Uh, thanks for having me. So, Riding the Dirt Bike Evolution, take us through what this book is about. Being involved in off-road motorcycling for more than 50 years has given me fun experiences and sometimes difficult ones while riding and racing with my friends. I feel they are experiences that are interesting enough to be shared with others. Uh, defying gravity on two wheels excited me at an early age, preteens probably, and unfortunately the excitement of riding motorcycles, particularly off-road, continues today, and I've tried to convey the thrill of the sport in my book. There's a story about one of my first bicycles powered by a gasoline engine. It is a Whizzer motorbike my parents allowed me to purchase when I was 13 years old to help with the delivering of my afternoon paper route during the mid-1950s. The history of motorcycles and racing is certainly an interesting one. What made you decide, hey, I'm going to write a book about this and I'm going to see about getting it published? What led you to that? I've attempted to write the book as a fun and enjoyable read, even if the reader's not a motorcyclist. I hope I've accomplished that. I wanted to write some short stories that would be fun and entertaining to a general audience, uh, not just particularly motorcyclists. The book includes a at least one short story incurring in each decade beginning in the 1950s and continuing into the 2000s. The events uh, happened in many southeastern states, including Florida, Georgia, North and South Carolinas, uh, Alabama, Virginia, and Tennessee. Off-road motorcycles built in both Europe and Asia have advanced from just a few inches of suspension in the 1960s when I began riding to furthermore travel on today's bikes. They're lighter weight, fuel-injected, uh, have high-tech ergonomics, and more power for each cc of the engine. So how long did it take you to write this book from beginning to end? I began probably two years before I finished the book. And have you written before? I was a contributor to Cycle News um, back in the late 60s and early 70s and into the 80s. And uh, so I wrote a pictorial book and published it myself in uh, 1980, I sold it locally. It was uh, mostly events that uh, happened locally that I had covered and took pictures, did contain some editorial. 
So what was it like getting this published and know that it's going to be out there for people reading about your experiences and your passion for motorcycles and specifically off-road racing? Well, having published the book back in the 80s and going through the amount of work it takes to get one published uh, with Fulton Books, it's been a pleasure. Getting it published was really easy. Is there anything you learned along the way that you could pass on to aspiring writers, people wanting to write a book and get it published? Well, as as, uh, the old saying goes, uh, everyone has a story. I think it's a real pleasure to see that story published in a book. Anyone who has a desire to write a book, I think uh, it would be a really good thing to do. Well, I'm looking forward to checking this out, and I encourage our listeners right now to go out and check this one out. It's Riding the Dirt Bike Evolution, published by Fulton Books, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and Google Play. Lewis, thank you so much for your time today. It was really nice speaking with you about your book, and we look forward to more to come. Thank you, Corey. Here with us on the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Kristen Hagen. Her book, A Line Above, Keeping You Well for Your Whole Life, is available now through Christian Faith Publishing. Kristen, welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So, A Line Above, this is an amazing series of books that you've written, a lot of trying circumstances in your life. So, can you tell us about keeping you well for your whole life? Yeah, I think that, you know, one of the things that I'm really high-spirited on is no matter what you're faced with, whether it's just personal improvement of your health and wellness or you need to overcome something in your life, whether it be an injury, an illness, a disease, or or just something emotional and mental you're going through, I think that being healthy and well and fit always leads you to a place of better than where you were, um, you know, than the day before. And one of the things that proves out in my life is exactly that. We... Um, I'm very passionate about health and wellness, and I use it as a basic building block to uh, navigate artistry throughout my life. And it's more of a holistic sort of approach rather than a narrower focus on health, correct? It is. It's important that, especially with young children, in this particular book series, it focuses for preschoolers and parents to work together and to educate children on how to be healthy and what that means and always putting an action or a verb behind it. So we teach basic nutrition, a little bit about what that means and break it down so that way any reader, no matter their level, can pick it up and feel like they have some basic understanding of some really you know, generic basic concepts to keep themselves well. So when looking at young children, health and wellness, what was sort of your inspiration to write this book directly for children? You know, children are always dreaming up what they want to be. Do they want to be a princess? Do they want to be a ballerina? Do they want to use gymnastics or ice skating? Do they want to be a fireman, you know, or an EMS person? So they always are looking at what do I want to be? But in order to be um, healthy and strong and whole, I think that, the goal was really to kind of reach for me personally, the children and the youth and even their parents. That way you could just have open dialogue and they come away positive with uh, a feeling of inspiration. But from a children's perspective, it's just very uplifting. You know what I mean? The child comes away feeling like that fairy tale that they're trying to create in their own world, in their life. Mm. And I'm glad you mentioned the parents as well, because it takes the parents to model this behavior. So if the parents are living healthy lifestyles, the children are going to see that, and they want to be like their parents. So they're much more likely to follow. I agree. And I think the 
because I have the series of books, it tailors it to the children as well as the adults. And so they can start, but they're both modeling the behavior at a basic level, intermediate, or an advanced level to try to grasp onto the skills and build on their skills. I agree with you completely. I think uh, table time, you know, family togetherness, as simple as making cookies and decorating them, is uh, everything in life is a teaching lesson. Is it time at the grocery store together? Is it singing a song or trying to learn the piano together? I think Play-Doh, you know, or anything like that. I think that we should always be molding and shaping and teaching and using every experience we have to learn and model and to uh, grow in our in our life through that. Now, to write a children's book as opposed to the other books you've written for other age groups and other readerships, were there certain challenges that came along with that, writing for that age group? No, I was pretty excited. I love animation. I'm pretty much a, you know, I have a childlike fairy tale story myself. And so I relate really well with the children and I like to spend time with them. So for me, it was an easy thing to write. And I was really excited to get down to that level so I could kind of be interactive and play as well and model that behavior. But at the same time, really just be able to be open to have those little conversations with, with any age group. I think that was important to just be really open and diverse with any level. But I think kids are really not only resilient but they model that childlike faith we're all supposed to have so being able to stay within that playground is uh, throughout your whole life and even your adult life is extremely important so I think that for me just being a a upbeat positive happy-go-lucky person and high-spirited I think is uh, really important for any age to adopt that model as well. Yes, definitely. This is so important for children, for starting out young, to develop these good habits with health and wellness. Again, the title of the book is A Line Above, Keeping You Well for Your Whole Life. This is published by Christian Faith Publishing and is available through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. Author Kristen Hagen, thank you so much for sharing your story and for talking with us here at the Roundtable. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Here at the Reader House Author Roundtable, I'm speaking with author Alan Thomas. He has a new book, Snow People, Good Overcoming Evil, available through Christian Faith Publishing. Alan, thanks for your time sitting down with us tonight. Nice to talk to you. Can you tell us about Snow People? Well, it's mainly about characters that I painted for years on windows for the holiday season. And I didn't want to call them the carrot nose and the button eyes. So I created my own little characters and they look like just little characters and they're fun. And I introduced them into my into my work and they're just fun and, and fun to paint. And a lot of people loved them. The book's about a girl named Jenny who lives at an orphanage, and uh, by December, they're going to lose their property and all that. So the snow people help them get the money, and it's all about them having fun and, and Jenny being determined to do the work that needs to be done to get the money. She needs an old sign painter that's retired, and uh, he painted for years and years and with his wife, and she, she actually, in the book, created the snow people herself. She gets him to come back and paint again and teach her how, and they work together to make the money that the orphanage needs. How long did it take you to write? Well, actually, I think about a year. It was hard to get started, you know. I just never had written a book before. So what was that process like? I would talk to people about it, and they would encourage me to do it, and, and I would start, and I just never could get it going for years. I, I just never could, but I was down in Baja, Mexico. I was in a place eating lunch, 
And there was a lady down the bar from me eating, and she was writing in a journal. And I asked her, what are you doing? She said, I'm writing a novel. And she told me about it. And I said, you know, I've been wanting to write this book for years, but I just never could start it. And I told her the storyline about the snow people and Jenny and all. And she looked at me and she said, well, if you don't write it, I will. <laughs> so that really got me going. It got me fired up. And I went back and wrote 39 pages. Uh, and then I moved back to the States, and that's, that's where I finished it. She kind of fired me up when she said that, so it kind of encouraged me to do it. Oh, that's great. Was there a certain age group that you were targeting with this? Well, I didn't think about age group, but uh, I think they classified as like young adult or children. But I've had older people in their 50s, 60s, 70s that's read it, and they just love it. It really teaches a, a, a younger person about responsibility and just setting goals and getting things done. Is there any advice that you would give to somebody wanting to go through the writing and publishing process, how to go about that? You know, the thing I would say more than anything is just stick to it. I mean, you have to just keep pushing and pushing. And I had an editor one time tell me, he says, he said, when you do a book, it's all about edit, 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 edit. And every time I edited Snow People, I'd go through it. And you get tired of reading it because, you know, it's the same thing over and over. But I'd, I would stop and, and literally start tearing up in, in parts of the book that I'd read about this young girl and what she did and what she went through. In the book, she finds out where she came from and gets to meet her mother and all that. And, you know, I would just sit there and bawl and squall. And, but I, every time, I just I enjoyed it. Powerful stuff and, and a great message. It sounds like. I encourage everyone listening to go check this out. Again, it's called Snow People, Good Overcoming Evil by Alan Thomas, available through Christian Faith Publishing on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. Alan, thanks again for talking with us tonight. Thank you, sir. Love can be an amazingly powerful force. And that's what we see in author Jenna McSwain's novel, A Slow Leap Into the Sky. This is published by Fulton Books, and I'm talking with Jenna right now. Jenna, welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable. Well, thank you so much for having me. So, can you tell us about A Slow Leap Into the Sky? It's a story of Alexandra Harris. She is a young woman who is a physics prodigy. It's the story of her life, and in particular, it's the story of her lifelong love with the older man. It's a story that takes place in the early 80s at the beginning of the information age, the rise of Silicon Valley and the rapid change of, of technology is, is like an extra setting in the story. And there's a, a wider array of, of characters that I hope my readers fall in love with. They're inspired by, by people that, that I knew in my life as a scientist and engineer, starting out at Caltech in the 1980s and then finding my way to Silicon Valley to work in various startups and to start my own business. And it's a, a more realistic story than I, I think I've seen female scientists portrayed in a while. I'm hoping that it resonates with my readers. So the idea for this pretty much came from your experiences Yes, it's not autobiographical. The characters are taken from people that I've known in various inspirations. They are not real people, including myself, but they are very real. So how long did it take you to write the whole book? The first draft of the book was written very quickly, over about six weeks. And then it took another year and a half to, to, to polish. I worked with writers' groups 
and it went through, I think, two additional drafts to find its way in its current form. Yeah, I think a lot of people underestimate the value of, of writers' groups and having other writers critique your work. Oh, yes. Honest criticism is, is the best vehicle for, for growth creatively, for growth as, just as a human being, um, to get to see yourself in a, in a different light, see yourself through other people's eyes, which is not necessarily correct and not always right, but just to be able to take yourself out of yourself and look at things from a different angle often opens you up to new ideas, new ways of, of progressing creatively. So this is your debut novel. What was that process like going through this whole thing for the first time? Well, it's been thrilling and terrifying opening me up to new things like, oh, talking to you on the radio. <laughs> it's been a wonderful journey. Anything you learned along the way that you could sort of advise up-and-coming writers about? I would suggest that, that up-and-coming writers stay abreast of, how, of all the changes that are happening in, in the publishing industry. It's kind of a parallel theme to what's in my novel about the rapid change of technology, the rapid change in publishing with online forums for novels with the easier access to not only traditional publishing like my novel, which is in, in print and available through bookstores as well as on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and what have become traditional, but now there's also online serial services like Inkit and Serial Box and others. I would suggest that upcoming authors really look at the wide array of channels for their work to reach readers. Good advice. So much distribution out there, so many different ways of distributing your work. Wise advice, wise advice. Take advantage of that. Well, Jenna, thanks for talking with us today. Again, the book is A Slow Leap Into the Sky by Jenna McSwain. This is published by Fulton Books. Like Jenna said, you can get this on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and Google Play. Jenna, thank you so much for your time. It was great talking with you and learning about your book. Thank you so much for talking with me, Corey. Have a wonderful day, and everyone out there, stay well and stay safe. Right now here on the Reader House Author Roundtable, I'm speaking with author Janet Thalen. Her book, The Coin, was just released through Christian Faith Publishing. Janet, thank you for talking with us tonight. Thank you. Can you tell us about The Coin? Basically, The Coin is about paying it forward and to let people know that as little, you may think that something you do is very little and very uh, menial to some for someone, but a lot of times paying it forward actually goes from one person to the next. We had um, a conversation at work one day about um, crossing the Mackinac Bridge here in Michigan and how you pay for yourself to go across and then you pay for the next person to go across to right behind you and how surprised they are and happy they are when they find out that somebody really did care about them and didn't even know them and they paid it forward. What made you decide to write this book and to put your thoughts and your feelings to print? You know, I, it was one Christmas um, I was on break from work and I just thought about it and said, I think that we need to get this message out. And the bad thing about it, it was back in 2011 when I looked at the first manuscript that I wrote. I was going to publish it and going to, and then I was afraid that it would fail. Then I would, I told my kids about it, that I had written it and they asked about it periodically. Finally, one day, one of them said, you know, are you ever going to print that book? And it was um, in 2019, finally, that I decided, yep, now is the time. 
you shouldn't be afraid of failure because all it has to do is affect one person. It'll be successful. So have you written before? Is this your first published work? This is my first published work, yes. It actually surprised my friends and my family because everybody's like, wow, we didn't know you had it in you. <laughs> like, you don't have to have it in you. It's just something that anyone can do just to put your thoughts to print. But it is a process to get it printed and publish it. But it doesn't matter. As long as you, like I said, as long as you affect one person, it'll work. So how does it feel now knowing that you are published and this is available to a lot of people out there? People are reading your work. How does that feel? It feels good. I think um, everybody always wants more. I mean, I want I want it to just take off. There's um, children's books that I've always loved that I would like to be as popular as that. It may not be, but as long as it does help some people, I think that's good. Were there specific readers that you were thinking of targeting with this book? Uh, did you have a specific group of people in mind when you wrote this? I did. I had, it was um, for children, basically. But I thought, I think parents will be reading it to their kids. So I thought that would be twofold, where parents would get the feeling of paying it forward and then teaching their kids. And then later on, they could discuss it later on in life when they did pay it forward. And remember, kids, we did this. I have a niece. She teaches at a school. She used it in her classroom in fifth grade, and they did a play on it. Then hoping that to show the parents there, at, she, they just loved it. The kids loved the story. So hopefully that they're all, all their parents were able to see it, and then they would do the same thing and start paying it forward for someone else. I think that's very wise of you because children model their parents' behavior. Their parents are Correct. examples in their lives. So if you get the parents doing this, the kids will see it and the kids will want to do it even more and more. So the name of the book is The Coin by Janet Thalen. This is available through Christian Faith Publishing on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. Janet, it was a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. It can be tough to find happiness in the midst of hardships. A Switched at Birth is a book by Tatiana Muradian, and she's here with me right now on the Reader House Author Roundtable. Tatiana, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Can you tell us about your book? Oh, this book is about my life, everything how I was, I was going through. Finally, in the end of the book, it's like I found the truth about my life. What made you decide to publish this? To let the people know, to be like more kind to the people. If you know it's not your kid or it's something, you should be more kind and more respectful. And uh, because in the end, anyway, he's going to show you to your face. He's going to put to your face. You can do a lot of things what's supposed to be in life. So is this your first book? Have you written anything before? No, it's my first book. Oh, so how was that? What was that writing process like? It's like everything was going because you live this. And it was like, put all your pain in that paper. And it's like, putting your life in that paper. It's like, review everything, what you're going through. So how does it feel now having this published book out there? It's on the shelves. People are reading it. How does that make you feel? It's still, the pain is still in. It didn't go away. It sounds like it was actually a good way for you to deal with the pain and maybe help some others who might be experiencing similar things. Yes, yes. That's what I wanted people to 
hurt to hear about this and to correct themselves because uh, this pain it's on your life if you don't like deal with this and they don't change it's on somebody's life so now that you've been through this for the first time you've written a book you have it published is there any advice you have for people looking to do the same thing yeah don't be scared just tell everybody how it's your life everything like you don't know maybe somebody's gonna change their act and uh, the kids don't forget you have somebody who loves you and you're gonna see that in the end and be brave be brave and go ahead don't stop just go and you're gonna find the happiness in your life like i did but one thing it's said for me i didn't find the whole thing about me I don't know how happened they switched me because that family who was my real family, they didn't know. But this raised me, they knew from day one. Well, well, we certainly appreciate your courage. Are you working on anything else, maybe a, a follow-up to this or another writing project? Yes, I'm thinking to write more describe, to describe everything because I put like short in everything. But I want to now to describe more things. And now my life, how it's going, because it's tough. It's still tough. I'm just thankful for my husband and my kids because they are encouraging me. And they are with me all the time. They encourage me. And I'm sure that your book, your story, is going to encourage a lot of people. I hope so. Tatiana, thank you for sharing that with us. It was a joy talking with you today. Again, the book is called Switched at Birth. It is published by Fulton Books, and you can get it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and Google Play. Tatiana Maradian, again, it was very nice speaking with you. Thank you for your time here on the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you very much, and God bless you. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first.